TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic show, TalkZone.com. David Olson, was that a... Um Brand new show we have leading us in. I know we have different shows on different days, but uh, sounded like possibly a brand new show. we got to find out more about it, the World Travel Show. I know here on the uh, semi-dysfunctional website that is thetalkzone.com, we got tons of shows. For some reason, they like to keep us separated. They don't exactly promote the family atmosphere, but uh, that appeared, appeared to be a brand new show, something on world travel. Was that uh, a debut show? No, no, no. It's a... Uh old show it's been on for a while they just changed their name ah old show with a new name exactly maybe we should try that whatever's happening now ain't working maybe we should try you know same two hosts and we'll uh we'll try a different name who knows maybe that'll work two guys and a mic for right now that is our name big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock sports talk and more we do have david olson our fine producer on the other side of the glass or sometimes we say on the other side of the window pane or the pane on the other side of the window. Easy now. little combination thereof. 888-463-6748. The phone number had a classic. Game 7 last night. It involved the Montreal Canadian and the uh, Washington Capitals. An 8 seed going up against a 1 seed. I have become hockey boy Joe Redwanski. And for probably 12 to 13 minutes, I searched all 600. And this is not a exaggeration. Literally. Went through my guide on my TV searching all 600-plus channels to find the Versus channel so that I could watch Game 7 of two teams that I haven't watched all year. I've become a hockey addict, what can I tell you? And I could not find the Versus channel. Did you get a chance to watch that game, my friend? Uh, yeah, because I've been watching hockey all year long, Coach, so I figured out where the Versus channel was in October. Are you I'm a little <laughs> disappointed that it's... That it's almost May and you don't know where the Versus channel I, is. Uh, you're not hockey boys. You don't know where Versus is at, brother. As a uh, semi-professional with the emphasis on semi-sports talk host, I feel embarrassed and ashamed. And now that I got that out of the way, what channel is Versus? Uh, what particular? Uh... Comcast. Oh, it's uh, 174. Got to mark that down. 174. Yeah, and you should have known that by by now, Coach. All right. I, I was sliding through, looking through all the ch- I did, by the way, discover. Some brand new channels that I was not aware that I had. Unfortunately, my younger son also discovered some of those channels. Well, you know what? They're not bad to know, especially if you have the lock on them and your wife doesn't know what the unlock code is at your home. <laughs> yeah, in my house it works the other way. She locks it and I don't know what the code is. Well, that's probably a good thing, Coach, because yes. those bills can run up really quick. Trust me. <laughs> So, <laughs> so were you able to uh, watch Game Seven, Big Dog? It was a class. Montreal, the eight seed, folks, uh, knocks off the one seed, the Washington Capitals. The Canadians were down three one in the series. Uh, I heard it was a great game. Canadians held on one two to one. Were you able to see that classic Game Seven, uh, Coach? It was the first hockey game all year not involving the Blackhawks that I watched from the first time the puck dropped to the last second that ran off the uh, of the clock. Seriously, I watched the whole game and. And usually I watch a couple playoff games from start to finish, but that was the first one so far. And Jaroslav Halak 
the the goalie for uh, <laughs> for Slovakia, who's now the uh, was the backup for the Canadians, but he, he ended up getting the gig, you know, late in the year, kind of like uh, anti anti Niemi for the Chicago Blackhawks, and he was phenomenal again. Mm-hmm. And the number eight Canadians advanced. Coach, look at the Eastern Conference in, in the NHL right now. The number four seed uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have home rink advantage the rest of the way because after the first round. The fourth team, the sixteenth, the seventeenth, and the eighteenth have advanced. One, two, three, and five are out after the first round. That's amazing. Red Wings were the seventh seed. They knocked off the two seed Coyote, right? No, no. The Red Wings were the fifth seed. They knocked okay. off the four seed. Who, who was the seventh seed that won? Uh, yeah, well, by the way, just to let you know, I, I hate to break this to you, hockey boy, but the Detroit Red Wings are in the Western Conference. Ah. So uh, the, in the Western Conference, the, really? the seventh team. Detroit uh, is in the West. Detroit is what, in the West. What are they doing out there? They're in the same conference as the Blackhawks, Coach. The Hawks are in the West? Hockey boy, this is really getting a little <laughs> bit disturbing. <laughs> I told you. Yes, yeah, believe I'm, it or not, the Hawks are in the West. I, because you, the, most of the teams in, face it, out West, they don't like hockey as much as the teams on the Eastern Seaboard or the, right, the cities on the Eastern Seaboard. The, you have to admit the conferences in hockey are extremely confusing. Do they still it's have like the joke. Clarence Campbell division, the Randy division. Myers division, the Tad Smith? They got like all these weird conferences, right? I wish they still had those. Now it's just the East, the Central, the Pacific, the Northwest, all that other stuff. Okay. Back in the day, they used to have the Norse Division, uh-huh. the Campbell Conference, the Adam Conference. I loved it back then. And, and to be honest with you, the coach, they need to eliminate the divisions in hockey and just have two conferences. That's what they need to go back to because mm-hmm. these stupid division winners, you end up with possibly the second-best team in hockey, or the basketball does it too with their sixth division. Like You could have the second-best team in your sport as a fourth-rated team in a conference uh, playoff matchup, and it's an absolute joke, mm-hmm. and they got to do away with that I really believe they should uh, go back to only four particular divisions in those particular sports. Mm-hmm. Well, the N- make it a lot better. The NBA has issues with that too because uh, you know they got the, the different conferences and stuff. But basically, all anybody talks about when you look at the printed standings or when it gets near playoff time, they list the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, the top yeah. eight seeds. So the the divisions, quote unquote. There's not a whole lot of pride like in winning your you know Eastern Division. Um, that is. That is the biggest thing that's wrong with sports right now, Coach. Yep. I mean, they only do it to sell T-shirts. Oh, the Chicago Bears are the uh, are the North champions, the NFC North champions. Well, there was eight division champions. You only beat three teams for that, and you just <laughs> sold a bunch of T-shirts. Seriously, it's it's. I can't stand that about uh, American sports. Mm-hmm. And are you kidding me? In hockey and in basketball, Coach, there are six divisions. So legitimately, this could definitely happen next year. Detroit and the Chicago Blackhawks could it be the two best teams? In all of hockey, it is possible, isn't it? I mean, let's face it: the, the Detroit Red Wings can be the top, and the, the Hawks are going towards that way. Yep. And what will end up happening is one of those teams will be the fourth seed in their own conference yeah, because they automatically give the uh, all three of the division winners. Oh, you know, these Devoya, you won a division, and you beat Anaheim and Los Angeles, so that's really tough, you know. And then uh, so then they get the one, two, and three seed. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it even more confusing, and it also I- makes it a little bit unfair. And that's why you have. And that is exactly why you have a four, a six, a seven, and an eight advancing yeah. in, in uh, the Santa Cup playoffs. I understand the theory behind it. It is confusing and it is unfair. I completely agree with you, but uh, I do understand the theory behind it, that being that they're trying to give some emphasis to winning your division. If, in fact, you win your division, you get a higher seed. So 
In well, theory, they, they it works. It in four? practice, it fails. Well, can't they do it with – if there was four-team divisions yep. – in football, too, I think football should only have four divisions, too. But if there's only four divisions in, in these sports, Coach, what ends up happening is you still have pride in when you're a division. You have a little bit more pride because you're talking, you know, it's a six, seven, or eight-team division. And let's face it, just say the two best teams are in one of those divisions in a league, well, then they get the third seed, and you don't. The, the one and three teams won't play until the conference finals, where they should be playing, and not in the second round, mm-hmm. which is which has happened in basketball a couple of years ago. When um, I, I know this might my people might not remember this, but remember when Portland and the LA Lakers, you know, like they well, no, that wasn't that isn't a good example, but it was San Antonio and Dallas, and mm-hmm. it was like oh seven. They ended up playing in the second round. And they had the two best records in basketball. Mm-hmm. I know people might not be all all going crazy over Dallas and San Antonio. Nobody really cared because they didn't maybe have the biggest names. But technically, just say if that was Boston, if it was the Celtics versus the Knicks, and they ended up playing in the semifinals of the conference instead of the conference finals, all of a sudden the rules would be changed. Isn't it funny when the big-name teams have something bad happen to them? All of a sudden, rules change. So that's what we need to have happen, Coach. Ladies and gentlemen, sports conferenceologist uh, Joel Redwanski joining us on today's show as he breaks it down or just breaks down, or maybe a little of both. If you'd like transcripts of uh, Joel's tirade, you can write us here at thetalkzone.com. What are we, something like 600 Waukegan Road, Suite 250 here in beautiful Morton Grove. That was beautifully done, Big Duff. Very well, confusing. Well, Coach, if you're, if you're Very confusing, had, but well done. I, well, you have a good point. I'm, if you wonder why I have so much time to figure this stuff out, it, yes. it's been at least two weeks since I've been with a woman. So, you know, seriously, I'm lonely. Really? Yes. That's pretty long for you. <laughs> well, never mind. I'm not trying to talk that way. It just, I mean, I, I probably have way too much time on my hands and other things. Yes. You know, you're a, I know you're a, a want to add personals guy, and I'm, I'm sorry to oh, no, hear that you haven't well, had a, you haven't gone the route of the personals, huh? Uh, coach, and I, I, I legitimately encourage all Two guys and a Mike fan. Yes. To go to plentyoffish.com and look up a guy's, uh, it's mine. It's my own personal thing. OT in capital letters 13. Coach, you got to see my okay. personal, uh, plenty of fish. Personal. No, this isn't going to cost me $9.95 a month. No, no, it? no. It's a, it's a free okay. dating site. Plenty of okay. fish. I have my, com. I even have my picture up on this. I probably should take it down considering now that I got this topic gig, but so you are... I showed it at my, to my family at Christmas and even my mom was in tears laughing. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's pretty, you know what the funny thing is, is I made myself look really, really bad on this. Mm-hmm. I said some pretty bad things in general. <laughs> and you probably okay. got lots of responses. Unbelievable how many responses I get on this thing. I legitimately, I, before yeah. I had this, I started this in April of 08. Okay. It, it was almost like to the day. Uh, it was like late April of, uh, 2008. And I, I put like the normal stuff. Hey, I'm a nice guy, blah, 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 you know, all this other stuff. And I got maybe like two responses in the first year and a half. This is no joke. If you go to this, the stuff that I say that, and I, I, I want to let every single person out there know I'm not a misogynist. It's not wrong to. It is definitely wrong to treat women badly and all this stuff. But I basically wrote on there, I'm going to treat you badly. I'm going to cheat on you, all this other stuff. <laughs> and these women, I mean, I'm getting like five to ten women contacting me a, a, a week. A week. I'm not talking about a year. A week. Oh, why do you feel bad about women? I can change you. <laughs> Unbelievable, Coach. Unreal. I, I, I really, to be honest with you, I feel a little bit worse about the dating situation after doing this as a joke than I did before. I remember you telling me that you had that experience from a personal standpoint. And I'm only laughing because it's it's really sad. And you know what they say, the closest emotion 
to uh, crying is laughing. So I guess I'm laughing as a secondary source to the alternative, but it is kind of sad. But, but you had mentioned when you uh, just almost for kicks sometimes, you would go out and just try to be the obnoxious guy. As the nice guy, you couldn't get a girl to pay attention to you. Purposely being obnoxious, all of a sudden you got females, what maybe falling over is a little exaggeration, but you seem to be much more attractive as the obnoxious guy than the nice guy. Go yeah, figure. absolutely, Coach. It, you know, it, and it, it is that. And so if anybody's looking for that, it's mm-hmm. plenty of fish, two F of fish dot com. And my name is OT13. OT as in like Otis Thomas. OT? As in like, yeah, like overtime. Okay. That's because my, my boys at Valley's used to call me only the tip. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's kind of like an inside joke. So they, they call me, they said everybody started calling me OT at mm-hmm. that particular job. You call me the big dog. Well, they call me OT, and uh, so it's OT space 13, and legitimately, Coach. And you know what the funny thing is? I also did the thing. Me and John Palladia, big John Palladia, not the most attractive guy in the world. I, a radio, did, uh, for those not aware, a Chicago radio. I think to call him a legend is probably going too far, but longtime Chicago radio icon, big John. Yes, he's definitely an icon, Coach. And uh, we put his picture up, <laughs> yes. you know, and next to mine. And we, we put him as a real estate developer, and he was all he was kind of rude and all that. He got like ten times more uh, more hits than I did. And I'm not trying to say I'm the best looking dude in the world, but I'm much more attractive than Big John Palladia. You should have and, put it. Uh, you should have put like just released from prison. You might have got all kinds of responses. Oh, actually, just going to prison probably would get me more. No, I think just released because then you're you've got the danger factor, the bad guy factor, but you're also available. Impotent. Yes, or impotent. Well, I don't trust me. I, you, anybody out of coming yeah. out of prison, yeah, is, you know, either wants to go back yeah. or they're very potent. You heard about the guy who uh, came back uh, from a doctor's appointment. He was having trouble conceiving with his uh, fine young wife. She finally convinced him to go to the uh, doctor to have things checked out. And later that day, he drives in back in the driveway with a brand spanking new car. He gets out of the car in beautiful new threads, looking fancy from top to bottom. She goes, what the heck's going on? The guy goes, the doctor says I was impotent, and when you use impotent, you got to dress impotent. Thank you very hey, much. Hey, that really sucked. We have uh, thank you very much, Big Dog. We have a few personals uh, that were found by our female intern, Louisa. Uh-huh. Can I read them to you? Please. These please. are actual ones, by the way, not made up. Uh, and by the way, of course, uh, her nickname, we call her No Squeeze Louisa. You found that out the hard way. Single, uh, SWM, uh, SWM, single white male, right? Yeah, SWM, these are true personals. SWM into chainsaws and hockey masks seeks like-minded SWF. No weirdos, please. In, I bet that guy will get a response, okay, because it's odd. It's I, weird. He'll get a response. Yeah, I, I bet. That one doesn't even sound like he's trying to be funny. It sounds true. Uh, Good-looking, athletic, Notting Hill-based movie star millionaire seeks a gullible, beautiful-looking woman. Uh, How about I like this. Minimalist seeks woman. That was it. That's pretty good. That's good. I do like it. And then this one might have been put in by one of our producers here at the show. Hideous-looking. Obese, smelly, ill-tempered, lazy, cowardly, chronic, and a complete liar. Seeks total opposite. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. That's not bad. I mean, oh, this is going up. Yeah. Want to thank No Squeeze Eloise, our fine, hardworking uh, female intern for that. But, uh, Big Dog, we're glad that your life is um, back on track. And two weeks is a long time. I'm sure some female will pop up in the not-too-distant future. 
Oh, they pop up, Coach. That's that, that's not the problem yeah. for me. It's it's the right one. Okay. Uh, that legitimately, there's there's always options out there. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, you know what I mean? That you know they find out that I'm actually you know trying to do something with my life, and yep. it's like, oh well, you can't do something for me right now. Oh, I'm I'm getting sick of them, Coach. So mm-hmm. I think I might just quit all of them. I'll tell you, a female right now, if I wasn't married, that I could easily fall in love with. Uh, I could certainly listen to her all day long. I'm looking at her picture on the screen right now. I don't know if you've heard her or not. I don't watch American Idol, but I was told to listen to her one song, oh, maybe six, seven weeks ago, and I got hooked, lined, and sinker. David oh, Wilson, that, our the, TV the chick special. From England? The chick uh, from England? No, 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 no. We're beyond that now. This is the new American Idol. She is from, uh, I believe, Ohio. Unbelievable voice. Great personality. Uh, I don't know if you'd call her beautiful, but certainly cute. Her name is Crystal Bowersox. And, you know, even forgetting about the look, unbelievable singer, Big Dog. Well, I mean, you got to check you, out coach. some. Huh? I know you. She's a blonde. She is a blonde. What a surprise. She is a blonde. I think her first song where she really caught the nation of the attention was she sang uh, the Me and My Bobby McGee. Right? Are you kidding me? She sang that song. You need you need to YouTube Crystal Bauer socks American Idol and and listen to that. She absolutely is. She did it better, according to Simon Crowell, than Janis Joplin ever did. Well, coach, I guess I'm going to have to I'm going to have to take a break eventually today. Yeah. All I'm doing is writing trivia questions just to let you know to the, all the people out there and two guys in a mic land. Uh, you know, I I actually have I wrote an application. Do you know what an app is, coach, for your phone? Uh, sort of. Okay, well, I'm sure everybody else listening to us on their computer knows what it is, so I don't want to get into it. You can ask Dave Olson in between uh, commercial breaks. Dave doesn't but, talk to me anymore. Well, he's a smart man. This is serious. It's the I smartest can't, I, I we've it's had a, in a long time. It's frustrating for me, but probably a good decision on his part. No, does it give you a hand signal? Uh, just one. <laughs> <laughs> is it the thumbs out or is it a different one? Not quite. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Oh, but uh, it's, it's called uh, Joel Trivia. This guy, West Corp, did all the technical stuff for me. So it's launching today, Coach. So those are all the baseball questions. I'm writing all the football questions today. Okay. So I think i got to be honest with you. I am going to need a break. All right. Now, so can I, I will check out this Bauer Sox. Too. Can I get this from my dial-up phone at home? Um, not on the <laughs> dial-up, Coach. But be very careful. I mean, if you, if you do input it wrong, you will get a virus. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, David. Uh, and I'm going to call it right now, and you can mark it down on April 29th. Crystal Bauer sucks. Will not win. Really? She will not win. Why? They, the judges love her. She's got a phenomenal voice. She's right, as nice right, as can be. Right. That contestant never wins. Ah, okay. You have that contestant over and over again okay. every single year. Kind of like the bad boy theory over again. Uh huh. Exactly. You like like, stuff, uh, like that Ab- Adam Lambert. They yeah. loved him. Didn't yeah, you're win. right. You're right. David Archuleta didn't win. Yep. Uh, Lee Dewise from Desplaines is going to yep. win. Okay. From Desplaines. Yeah, he's Nearby. from Desplaines. Yeah. All right. But either way, if you make the top three or four, you are you're, yeah you're you're pretty much guaranteed a pretty good yeah. virtually everybody that's left right now is going to get some semblance of a music career out of this. Mm-hmm. They'll be on you know tour. What? And if you're getting paid to sing music, to sing, even if you're not the winner, I mean you've won. Let's face it. If you can make a living out of what you what your dream is, yep, that was that was good enough being on the show. Seriously, I mean, know everybody would want to win, but mm-hmm. that's you know, in a sense, you can end up having the best career out of all of them, even if you finish in fourth place. Look at William Hung. That dude made more money than anybody in the history of uh, American Idol. And I'm, well, I don't know if that's true. I'm just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there are so many people that didn't end up winning that have better careers than a lot of the winners. 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't surprise me. And it's, you know, it's funny, David, and I'm not making funny. I, I would never watch that show. I, I just, it, it, I don't know. I just, kinda... I, I, I'm married, so <laughs> G- give and take. Well, I, I understand. If I'm going to want to watch hockey, I guess maybe I might have to watch Kelly Clarkson. Oh, like, Kelly Clarkson's the only one that I can name offhand, but I just remember Will Hung is the other one. And he was like some guy that was like a joke. And this guy was getting like $20,000 for appearances just to show up like at the Dodger games and saying, she bang, she bang, she bang. The guy couldn't sing, Coach. And this guy made over a million dollars off of being on the American Idol. It was pretty funny. All right, well, all I know is if there's a, if I have any upcoming marital problems, I may be going the way. Not, not that there is right now, but I'm just saying in the future, Crystal Bauer Sox is next in line for me. She might already be taken, but uh, she's moving clearly up the ladder in my rankings. Beautiful, beautiful, very nice young lady and unbelievable voice. But David Olson ruining my day by saying that she will not win. Sure, she's by far the most talented person in the competition, yes. and that is why she will not win. Okay. That's okay. just the way it seems to go. All right. Well, Big Dog, we're not going to ask you as the show goes on to pick the American Idol winner, but in the final portion of the show, I am going to put you on the spot because you're not with us tomorrow. I am going to have you uh, not only pick the winner of the Kentucky Derby coming up this Saturday, but I'm going to have you analyze some of the horses. You gave us some of your wisdom um, or lack thereof in the hunting and fishing report last week. Today, we're going to ask for uh, some of your analysis of some of the horses in the Derby and then have you pick a winner. I don't know if you're up for it, but that's what we're going to do. Well, you asked for the urinalysis, and that's the first thing you do. Whatever horse uh, has the most lime green urine <laughs> is probably going to win. And uh, let's face it. I, I like your other theory. Joel used to have a yeah. theory on a radio show, Dave. Uh, bet on number two. Yes. And it was, that's that's <laughs> where it I'm was, going. Dave, it, what you have to do is you have to be by a ticket window <laughs> where you can actually see the horses walking out to. Like getting going into the gate. Whatever's the last horse to stop and go kerplunk, if you know what I'm talking about, right before they go into the gate, you put all the money to win on that. Because if you ever gone number two, you feel like it's true. I can, you I run, mean, I can sprint my butt off after going to the. You toilet. run freer, you run looser, no pressure. So it's, it's quote unquote, it's the bet on number two theory, right? Yes. It okay. Is. <laughs> Thank you very much, Big I'm sure it'll become famous in the not too. You know what, though? It's probably very accurate. But we're still going to ask you, uh, even without knowing who's going to know number two last, we're going to ask you which horse is going to win the Derby, okay? <laughs> yes, no problem, Coach. Beautiful. All right. 888-463-6748. That's our phone number. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. We were talking about the Canadians and the um, Washington Capitals in a classic Game 7, the number one seed. The Caps got knocked off. Paint a picture for me, dog, because... I could not find the Versus channel. And for the fans listening out there that didn't get to watch, um, paint the third period a little bit. How much pressure, how exciting did it get the reaction of the Capitol fans as eminent doom was upon them? Well, half of the fans were, like, really positive and cheering and on their feet, and the other half were sitting down with their hands in their face. Like, they felt like, because Halak, first and foremost, during the first <laughs> couple of games that he won in this series as goalie, was standing on his head and was phenomenal. But mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, they couldn't get any shots for a while in this game. So they were being outplayed by Montreal's defense and not just the goaltender. And whenever they did get, they get a shot, it was, you know, a routine one and, and they stopped it, no problem. And they, so, but all of a sudden, the Caps kept getting chance after chance. All of a sudden, that changed and they were getting good opportunities in the third period. And it looked like they had a chance to tie it. And then out of nowhere, they gave up a goal and went up 2 nothing. And it looked like it was done. And almost immediately after the Caps scored and made it 2-1, they pulled the goalie and uh, the 
the Canadians had a penalty with a minute 44 to go. So it was six on four wow. for the last minute 44. Wow. And it was nothing but a bombardment on Jerusalem Hawk. I just like saying it, Coach. And uh, he definitely stood the test, oh. and, and the Caps were able to get it done. There was a point where they had played that four on six for a minute and 20 seconds straight because it wasn't until 24.6 seconds to go in the game. And those guys were dying. Those four guys on the ice, Coach, Somebody had a, made a hand pass on the Caps, which was really stupid because all four of those guys on the Canadians couldn't even skate. You, you know they're trying. You know they're going as hard as they possibly can because it's a game seven in hockey. But they could barely skate, Coach. And then, you know, right when that hand pass came out, they put four fresh guys out there and they just dominated the last 25 seconds, 24 wow. points. Now, so, I, now I'm really, really mad. I had a feeling it was going to be that kind of a finish. That sounds like an absolute classic. The one seed... It, it was, it was at, a, at most a one goal game, or for the whole game, except for uh, a minute and like for a minute of the game. That's the cap. It took the caps that quick to tie uh, it. No, nah, nah, I'm really mad. I couldn't find a versus channel to watch that game. What a classic, unbelievable! So the fans, uh, or what was the reaction of the Capitals upon finally winning? That had to be not the Capitals, the Canadians, holding off the six four advantage, winning three in a row. The whole emotional thing on the road. Uh, how ecstatic did the Canadian go? I got to think. You I know what? Feel it. They they were really, really happy, but I, I got to be honest with you, Coach. It was, they weren't, like, overjoyed. It wasn't like they couldn't believe they won. It wasn't anything uh-huh. like that, but uh, they were they were definitely very happy. And, see, people in America might not realize this. The Canadians in, in, in uh, Canada are the biggest team. The Canadians might be. Everyone thinks the Yankees are the biggest team in North America. The Canadians might be the biggest team in North America, Coach, if you consider the fact that before, when it was just the original six, mm-hmm. there were only two teams in Canada. One was Toronto, and everybody west uh, in, in Western English-speaking Canada was a Toronto fan, and everybody in French Canadian Canada was a uh, Montreal Canadian fan. So they are gigantic, and everybody in in Canada is a hockey fan. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? So the Montreal Canadiens are the biggest team in all of North America. So. When people are like, oh, the NHL must hate that the fact mm-hmm. that their number one player, uh, Alexei Ovechkin, you know, is out of the playoffs, their number one overall team. But that's it's not true because the most beloved team in all of hockey just advanced to the second round. Interesting. See, I wasn't sure that was still true. I know uh, back in the day when I actually was a hockey expert, uh, way back in the day when there was the original six, I do remember uh, your your description of the Montreal Canadiens, they were the marquee team. They were the Boston Celtic, if you will, of uh, or the L.A. Laker of hockey, and, and very popular in Canada. But I wasn't sure that that was still true up in Canada. I know they love their hockey, but now you got an Ottawa, you got Vancouver, you got Toronto. But you're saying, uh, as our Canadian sports expert, the Canadians are still a big deal up north of the border. Yeah, and you named a couple English-speaking teams. If you are a French-Canadian coach, the yep. Quebec, the Quebec Nordique was big, but guess what? They left and went to Colorado. So, yep. if you're talking French Canadian, you're a Montreal Canadian okay. fan, and, and and like if like if the your son isn't a Montreal Canadian fan, like they disown you. They're mm-hmm. still to this day. You are not <laughs> my son. You go. Ah, uh, Jacques Lapierre, Ivan Cornway, Marie Duracet Richard. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it just rolls off your tongue, coach. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Oh, some great Serge Savard back in the defensive line. Who was the Montreal goalie? Gump Worsley, right? Uh, I don't know. All I remember is Jack Plant or Jacques Plant. Either one. That's all I remember. <laughs> all right. Classic Game 7. Eight seed advances. Absolutely amazing. 888-463-6748. You want to talk to sports here. Two guys and a mic right here for you. You can always email us, too, at mike 2 
guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two, Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, our Chicago Blackhawks have advanced uh, three or four days off. The schedule is set. They'll be home Saturday against Vancouver and also home Monday. I don't know if you're planning on going to the game, but um, Saturday and Monday, right there for you, Hawk and the Canuck, and it should be a great series. That way. Although you predicted the Hawks you think will win pretty easy. If you remember, I said the Nashville series was going to be extremely tough and yep. grinding. Every game was going to be a grind. You were right. And, and, and I, Nashville is a much more difficult matchup than Vancouver. Now, this is the NHL hockey playoffs, and I could be thoroughly and totally wrong. This could be going seven. Hawks might not even win. But my gut feeling is Hawks and five on this series. Mm-hmm. It's Hawks and five, and they're going to lose game one and win the next four. Wow. They're going to lose game one. Everyone's going to be like, oh, no, oh, no. And then... And next, you know, they're going to get. They're going to. They own Roberto Luongo, the best goalie on the planet. Is horrible against the Chicago Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. When I say that, the Blackhawks fans are always like, "He's horrible." And I'm like, "Well, actually, have you ever noticed that against the rest of the league, he always gets shut out, but against us, he gives up five or six goals." Lose so game one at home, yeah, and then come back and win the next four, including a couple in beautiful downtown Vancouver. That's quite a prediction, I. Uh, you know, on behalf of the Blackhawk fans, we don't care how they get it done as long as they advance to the next round. The Sedin brothers are the star. In fact, I think I, I read. And those kids. Well, I think uh, Henrik Sedin, or however you pronounce it, was the leading scorer in the NHL this year, even over Ovechkin and others. Well, I, I, those I, I can't stand them twins. Is all I have to say. Personally, just or just those the guys that irks me the wrong way, coach. Okay. You know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a hater, or whatever oh, you want to call me, but I can't stand either one of them. I hate when you are irked. Is there anything in particular besides their tremendous talent and the fact that they can score on your favorite team? Any other uh, things that irk you about them? Well, I mean, the fact that they're that they're gingers, it isn't the reason. Everybody thinks because they're just because they're gingers that I don't like them, coach. They're, I, I, I can't really explain what it is, <laughs> but. And when you watch Vancouver, every single time there's a really good play, somebody getting a loose puck, scoring. They're like those guys that can score, and they do the little things. You know, mm-hmm. some guys, oh yeah, he's a great goal scorer. And then you have other guys like uh, on the on the Blackhawks, like Stoffel uh, or or Jalmerson. You know, diving in front of pucks and you know scrapping it out in the corner. But the Hawks also have guys like you know like Taves and Sharp, who are their sharp shooters and Kane. Well, they're like wrapped up and they're all of them. You know, but that's they—they they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basically a goalie and two goal scorers. So. I would argue uh, that the young captain for the Chicago Blackhawks becoming that type of player—not Patrick Kane, but Jonathan Taves—he'll—he'll he'll do the blue collar stuff. He will assist. He, will. he can score. He's not the best at anything, but he's pretty darn good at everything. He's developing that type of game. You know, and I, I agree 100 percent with you. I didn't mean to knock Taves in yeah. any way uh, by that. Yeah. And the one thing that the Hawks seem to have. They might not have like this unbelievable superstar, even though Patrick Kane keeps on continuing to score in the playoffs like he has. At this pace, he will be. Mm-hmm. They just seem to like with with depth. They they've got like ten guys that scored thirty goals this year, or twenty goals this year, and they got a, like you know a handful that scored thirty. Mm-hmm. That's how you get it done in hockey by being able to put line after line after line of very very high quality players out there. You know, like when the Capitals don't have Semin and Ovechkin on the ice, they're a below average team. You know, if you can take those two out, you beat them, and that's exactly what the Canadian did. So, mm-hmm. All right. Fascinating, fascinating discussion. We've realigned the conferences in the first 30 minutes of the show. We basically described the way to realign the uh, Major League Baseball, NBA, and NHL. We went over the personal ads and the somewhat dilapidated social life of a big dog, Joel Radwanski, and broke down 
the NHL hockey playoffs. Not bad. Yeah, well, Not bad for 29 minutes of work, big dog. I, I, I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Okay, I, you know I got a role as uh, on a, a television pilot that's going to be filmed in the city of Chicago. And actually, we start filming May uh, 3rd, next Monday. Yep. So I actually won't be able uh, to do two guys in a mic. Now, the sad thing is, did you ever hear about stuff like, oh, this guy had a quote-unquote go underneath the desk to the TV executive in order to get the job? You ever hear those rumors and those nasty things? Shockingly, I have. Well, you know, the funny thing is I always wanted to be an actor. I always wanted to get into stuff, and I was always afraid I would have to do something like that in order to get on television. Okay, well, guess what? I got this role, as in I'm playing a psychiatrist on this on this show, Engage. And guess what my first scene is doing with this particular uh, on this particular show? I'm almost afraid to ask. Yes, exactly. So you yes. thought you'd have to do that to in get a to gig. Get now you got the gig, and the first thing they got you to do is doing that. Yes. I'm assuming this is a TVMA uh, particular program. Yeah, trust me, it won't actually be be being done. It's going to appear okay. like I'm doing that, folks. Okay, so let not no, no any weirdos yes. out there don't get any wrong ideas. Yes. But if you don't mind, the guy that I'm actually supposedly doing this with, uh-huh. uh huh, we can have him as a, as a guest uh, after our next break. Oof! After our uh, I don't know, man. It could be. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to interview those type of questions. Uh, well, <laughs> we'll see. That that. that yeah. I may have to come up with some questions there and uh, tiptoe through the tulips, if you will. I still want to get your Kentucky Derby predictions. Yeah. And also, when we come back from a break, we talked about the Canadians shocking the world. There's a team in the NBA, Big Dog. And there's a new quote that is uh, taken over. It'll be on T-shirts. Fear the deer is taken over in the NBA. we got to talk about another red-hot team about to pull off an upset. We'll take a quick break. Big David Olson, our producer, Big Dog and a coach with you on the Talk Zone. Dot com. Two guys at a mic and some bad interview questions coming right up.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. All right, we are back. Hour number two, not hour number two, segment number two of this one-hour show. Here the big dog and the coach at your service. Phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. The highly anticipated breakdown of the Kentucky Derby by our non-horse racing expert, Joel Radwanski, coming up in a couple of minutes. But big dog, before we uh, hit the break, I mentioned there's one other surprise team that is, well, shocking the world's a little bit. Strong statement to say, but shocking the sports world a little bit. They wear dark green jerseys. They play up in Milwaukee. They won at Atlanta last night, scoring the final 14 points. The Bucks are up three to two. The Milwaukee Bucks over the Hawks. They lost their best player before the playoffs started, and Andrew Bogut. And the uh, motto, I don't know where it started, but I like it. Fear the deer. The Milwaukee Bucks with a big upset last night. Uh, I, I do like that particular motto, and you know. The funny thing is somebody asked me yesterday, who do you want to coach the, the Bulls next year after Vinny Del Negro gets fired? And my first thought was Scott Skiles. Who was, for those fans not aware, the guy who got fired and was replaced well, then, by Vinny yeah. Del Negro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't watch any of that game last night, Coach. I was too busy watching the, the, the hockey game. But mm-hmm. uh, they are playing phenomenal. You know what the funny thing is, is, you know, Brandon Jennings is uh, some guy that, you know, the kid that didn't go to college decided to go play in Europe, and people kind of ripped him. He's playing phenomenal. John Salmon, wow, the former Bull, is playing fantastic. It needs to shave that goatee. I mean, that thing is really, really getting uh, unseemly. But boy, is he playing some ball? Not only offensively, but he played some shutdown defense on Double J, Joe Johnson. Yeah, and you're talking about Joe Johnson is probably the most underrated offensive player in the game of basketball right now, Coach. When you play for Atlanta, you kind of be you know you're forgotten about down there, and that guy can just flat out light it up, and mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden he's doing a good job against them. Boy, Brandon Jennings to their point guard raw, I mean really raw. Just uh, two years out of high school, two years ago, right? Playing uh-huh. high school ball, and he he went through the midseason. Uh, what do they call it? The wall. When you yeah. hit because he started off great, then definitely in the middle of the season he hit the wall. The 82 game grind. Kids, uh, again, only two years out of high school, what, at 19 years old. But he has now come back uh, end of the season and in the playoffs, and he is a, well, I don't know if you want to say star in the making. He's a flat-out star right now. Yeah, Coach. Uh, you know, he took a lot of criticism for not going to college. He said, you know, I want to take my game to Italy. And then yep. the Bucks, you know, took a little criticism for taking him number 10 overall because he wasn't that good while he was in Italy. And within the first – Two, three weeks of him playing in the NBA, he had a 50-point game. <clears throat> well, in Italy, he's got his coach, uh, A, speaking Italian, so he couldn't understand the plays, and oh, B, setting up the offense, you know, the European style, which is, you know, good basketball, but it's more pass-oriented, more delega. Brandon Jennings, the NBA style, much more um, appropriate for his style of play. The, the cut and slash, drive to the basket, yep. find somebody open if you don't have a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those, those, he's a shoot-first point guard coach. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to hook you up with a Fear the Deer T-shirt over the weekend. I think that'd be a good look as you try to break a two-week slump over the weekend in the female commodity. Well, yeah, the having the buck antlers might help, Coach. Take it easy. Okay, I will. All right. 
Uh, 888-463-6748, the phone number we should also mention. Late last night, much after I went to sleep, Big Dog, got to get my beauty rest. Hopefully you watched a little bit of it. The Lakers did uh, defeat Oklahoma City, so they're now up 3-2. to two. Oak City had won a couple. The Lakers, the champions, had to answer. I didn't see the game, but apparently answer they did. And I, I did not. Uh, you talking about the Los Angeles Lakers? Yep. Wasn't that two days ago? Could have been. Yeah, they beat them 111-87 two nights okay. ago. And uh, they blew them out from the onset, Coach. They mm-hmm. put the gas, they put the pedal to the metal early, and they, they basically led by anywhere from 16 to 25 points for the whole entire ball game. Interesting. I noticed, too, in that game, Kobe Bryant scored 13 points. And he played awesome because he was playing yes, defense that's... against Russell Westbrook. Yes. Coach. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where Kobe Bryant realizes one thing. Nobody's going to be like, hey, Kobe averaged 25 points a game and, mm-hmm. and eight assists. He had a great playoffs. All mm-hmm. they're going to, did the Lakers win the championship? Yep. Oh, they did? Oh, Kobe played great. Did they not win? It doesn't matter if he averaged 50 points a game. They're going to yep. say he didn't play well enough. Yeah, so he's that's got, all that matters. And so. they've done a great job in L.A. of putting a lot of weapons around him, too. He's, it's not like he doesn't have guys he can pass to to score. So you're absolutely correct in a complimentary role. And you know when needed, he can get into a scoring flurry. But they're oh. best when he plays defense, shares the ball a little bit. And Andrew Bynum, I think, uh, had a big game as well. So the Lakers not advancing yet, but they're up 3-2 on um, maybe the best team in the future in the NBA, Oklahoma City. So. Yeah, oh, I, Coach, you're exactly right. They are the best team of the future. And the, the, I can't. Seattle is. They got to be just kicking themselves because they used to really support their basketball team, but they couldn't get a new deal done over there. So mm-hmm. they lose the, the Seattle Seahawks, and they end up with a team like this. You know, we talk about uh, Russell Westbrook. He's definitely uh, one of the going to be one of the great point guards in the game. Obviously, yep. Kevin Durant leading NBA in scoring. You know, Jeff Green, that kid can play too. They, Awfully good, a nice team. Yep. Nice team. Loved him in college. What was he, Providence or? Um... Uh, I believe he was Georgetown, wasn't he? Yes. Uh, not sure. Remember watching him in the NCAA tournament, though. That guy is a stud. As your third scorer, that's a perfect role for him. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, real quick, Big Dog, I know you're not going to be on tomorrow's show uh, Saturday. Saturday is the 136th running of the Kentucky Derby. You've only seen 35 of the 136, so you... That's 101 years of racing that you missed, by the way, by being born late. Sorry about that. Yeah. Churchill. I'm just hoping I can make it to the 200th running is all I'm hoping. I hope so. And, again, David Olson, our producer, has been there. I've heard a number of people confirm this. If you can get down there. I've never been there. You haven't, right? No, I have not. And okay. from what I understand, the infield track is absolutely yep. phenomenal. Yeah. And you're not talking about the track conditions. You're talking about no. the uh, social uh, camaraderie, shall we say. Yes, exactly. I would mm-hmm. be drinking a few mint juleps is the best way for me to put it, Coach. You think there's a little bit of groping going on in the infield? I uh, wonder if they have any security down there. Well, there's definitely groping, and with the people, too. They serve alcohol <laughs> at these events, yes. and, it's, and it's a very prestigious event. Yep. So uh, there is no doubt, without question, there are cameras, there's security, there's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I still remember uh, being down on in the infield. I, one of my jobs I had in high school was, uh, uh, remember the Andy Fran Ushers? Uh-huh. And I still remember, I forget if it was secretary at some big horse, huge day at Arlington Park, and I was down on in the infield as a 16-year-old kid 
trying to provide security, right? Like, yeah, like that blue outfit's going to do a whole lot of good. When people I don't are... think the afro on the, on the Jewish kid helped either. No, well, I had a hat on, so you could barely see the afro, but you did see a little Jose Cardinal sticking out. Okay. <laughs> I still remember we were in charge of uh, keeping everybody in the infield and not letting them uh, go by us as the race went on. I still remember when they came down the backstretch, everybody flew by us right next to the near rail, and there were, like, fans three or four feet away from, I think it was Secretariat. I'm pretty sure it was him. And I still remember, as I'm trying to hold the fans back, the uh, the jockey, as he's crossing the finish line, looking over at me like, not at me, but looking over at the fans that were so close, like, what the? I still remember that expression in my failed attempt, not just me, but the, my other fellow uh, acne-induced 16-year-old Andy Franushers who completely failed. But I got a little, a little taste of what the uh, infield crowd can be like. Well, Secretary won the, the Triple Crown in 73. That's so then that, around the time? That would have been it. Okay. That would have been it. There you go. All right. Who was the jockey for Secretary? Stevie Cawthon? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to need to, to put okay. that down for my list of miscellaneous. Right. Well, I know, I know you're not a horse racing fan, so I thought, who better? You know, David Olson, I met with him for our usual hour and a half post-meeting Um Actually, for about two minutes after the show, he ignored me for a minute 45. We talked about getting an expert on for horse racing, this guy or that guy. And I said, no. No, no, no. We don't want a real horse racing expert. I would rather have the intuition, the off-the-cuff response of a guy like the big dog, Joel Redwanski. You do so well on the hunting and fishing report, which you know nothing about. I thought we'd throw some horses at you, some jockeys and some trainers, quick comments, and then at the end I'll give you the horses and you can pick a winner. Okay, sounds okay. good. Okay. All right. Uh, for instance, by the way, yesterday was one of the most exciting days in sports, the drawing for the post position in the Kentucky Derby at 4 o'clock. I don't know if you were watching or not. Uh, coach, I was washing my hair. <laughs> I mean, when that guy in the sport coat and tie puts his hand in and pulls out the number one post position for one of those horses, it's truly a dramatic moment. Coach, i got to tell you something. It's so exhilarating, and it, it, there's so much anticipation that David Stern decided to have an NBA draft, draft lottery just because he wanted to do something similar. <laughs> he was like, I'm jealous of that, man. i got to figure out a way. And plus, he would need to figure out a way to get Patrick Ewing in New York. So yep. this, it all worked out. <laughs> all right. Out of the uh, three spot, Nobles Promise, the trainer Kenny McPeak, the jockey Willie Martinez, 12 to 1 odds for Nobles Promise. Joel, your thoughts? Uh, i got to tell you something. I made a bunch of Noble Promises to people before, and only my friends I've kept them for. So count him out. Yes, he's done. All right. Out of the five spot, line of David. He came up with a surprise win, I think, in the Arkansas Derby. Trained by John Sadler, the jockey, the very controversial, Rafael Barahano. Line of David, your thought? Uh, quite simply, the people that are voting on or voting, betting on line of David are the same people that will swear to this day that Sandy Koufax is the greatest pitcher that ever lived. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, I, I don't get that. You don't? No. Okay, never mind. Okay. American Lion, 30 to 1 odds. Can another long shot come through? You remember last year, Mind That Bird came through at like 40 to 1, but American Lion, 30 to 1, the jockey David Flores, the trainer, the very controversial Eon Hardy. Of course it has a shot. It's racing, isn't it? Huh? If if, If it drops the deuce, Coach, it does have a chance. Okay. So the bet on number two theory. Yeah, that's that's what it's always going to take. All right. Even with trainer Eon Hardy, who's uh, had issues before, you think he'll be able to overcome that? 
quite possibly, Coach. Yeah. Make music for me, running out of the nine spot. 50 to 1 odds, Jockey Joel Rosario. You know how Jockey Rosario is when... When he gets insulted like that, sometimes he'll respond. Fifty to one can make music for me, make music for uh, some of our betters. Uh, Fifty. That's a little bit too long of odds, Coach. And plus, I think that was. I don't think that horse has ever won a race yet. It just got in on its good look. Yes. Well, you got to credit trainer Alexis Barba for that. She doesn't train winners, but uh, they look awfully good. They're they're definitely print. It is not how you race; it's how you look, and you look beautiful, my friend. Uh, how about Devil May Care, trained by the great Todd Pletcher? The jockey is Johnny Velasquez. Devil May Care, running a 10-to-1. She runs angry, Big Doug. And also a, a phenomenal name, considering it's the first Saturday in May for Devil May Care. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I don't, I, don't, I don't feel like we've hit a winner yet. I'm trying to find one here. Jackson, I know what my winner is, Coach. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. All right, let me throw a couple more out at you. How about Jackson Ben, Nick Zito? The great trainer, the jockey Mike Smith, odds fifteen to one. Jackson Ben running out of the unlucky thirteen spot. Any shot that unlucky could be lucky. Uh, by the way, uh, thirteen is actually a lucky number for those that are you know trexidecophilic. But no, no chance for this particular horse. Trexideca who? We we must move on, coach. I'm confusing you way too much. In okay. This particular segment. And uh, we are babysitting my five-year-old niece this weekend. Before I left, I showed her the newspaper, showed her the 16 horses with their color and the number. She picked Awesome Act, trained by Jeremy Nosada, the jockey Julian Lapado. The odds 10 to 1. Any chance my five-year-old niece could actually be correct? Well, I, I was going to say absolutely not on that horse, but if it's your five-year-old niece, she probably knows more about horse racing than all of us combined. So, yes, it definitely okay. does have a shot. Beginner's okay. luck. You might want to put some money on that. All right. I've got a little notch next to that. Now, uh, you apparently have uh, shocked the world and have done some homework here. Once again, the 136 running of the Kentucky Derby Saturday. Arguably, Big Dog, the best two minutes in life outside the bedroom. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's funny you say outside the bedroom because Icebox is the horse that I'm taking. Really? Yes. Icebox. Mm-hmm. Ten That's to one be a odds. Philly, right, Coach? What's that? That's got to be a filly with a name like Icebox. I would think so. I would think so. She was uh, sired by I've Got a Headache. I believe that's her mom. <laughs> the... Well, that definitely insurmountable odds that that horse is able to overcome. <laughs> the trainer is Nick Zito, the jockey, Jose Lescano. Ten to one odds. What do you like about Icebox, Big Dog? Just the name, Coach. Okay. I don't know anything about horse racing. All right, I'm marking you down. David, if uh, if he picks it right, is there any prizes? Do we have anything out of our uh, gift box we could give Joel as a parting gift? I'll look into that, Coach. Okay. <laughs> I think the translation, Joel, is no. Uh, I, we, I, we, I, we've I, got a bottle of Windex okay. and uh, some sanitary yeah. wipes out there on the uh I on need the, the sanitary the wipes. So. He needs the sanitary wipes. I'm not even going to ask why. But the Windex, now don't, you know, don't kid yourself, kids. Um, Big Joe, you're probably more familiar with this, but on a semi-serious note, uh, it's a way of getting some form of a high, and it can get pretty serious, the sniffing of ammonia. So be careful of handing out Windex to those that might not be using it to clean, correct? I, I did not know that, Coach. I, I, I'm not into the sniffing cleaning products ever or yeah. adhesives. I've never mm-hmm. been big on that, Coach. No, I would hope not, but you are aware that that's uh, not a large proportion, but that... There's a small minority of uh, young teenage kids that have found that a way to sneak a quote-unquote legal high. So, like, if you see some chump outside of a high school with, like, a case of Windex, you might want to keep an eye on them. I would think so. 
I okay. doubt he's, I, you know, unless he's cleaning graffiti off the wall as community service, he and his friends are probably going to party after the show. I understand. But actually nothing to kid about because people have died about that. All right. Uh, 888-463-674. Thank you for your Kentucky Derby uh, analysis or analysis, whichever way you want to put it, Big Dog. I'm probably a little bit more the latter than the former. I understand, Coach. Chicago Cubs uh, lost yesterday, Big Dog. I've been trying to avoid baseball talk. You know, we had a brief moment of good stuff over the weekend, and we thought maybe the two teams are back. We're back to mediocrity. The Cubs can't hit. They lose to Arizona. 3-2, to two, the White Sox can't pitch. They lose to Texas. 6-5, to five. Big Dog, help us out. Baseball in Chicago, not very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jake Peavy, you know, I'm, I'm not kidding, Coach. He was awesome after the first inning. He threw 40 yep. pitches, uh, 22 of them balls in the first inning, gives up five runs, and the White Sox end up losing 6-5. to five. You know, and that's been Jake Peavy's problem for some reason. You know, this guy was a power pitcher with control a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. He was like Roger Clemens, and all of a sudden, you know, he can't throw a strike anymore. So, you know, if he starts throwing strikes, he's going to be fine because, I mean, he looks pretty good in every inning but the first yesterday. Yep. So, I, I, and, and with the Chicago Cubs, their whole they just can't execute and they can't move runners over and they can't manufacture runs. That's their biggest problem yeah. again. And Uncle Lou is already starting to. Uh... Fade into the limelight, but just getting back to PVI, you know, just going on instinct alone. Not that worried about him. I do think he's going to come back, hopefully sooner than later. The Sox don't want to dig too much of a hole. If you watched his last couple of games, uh, the game before he lost, but he started to regain a little bit of the old Jake PV, if you will, striking out batters. The ball was moving. Yesterday, I didn't see the ball game. Apparently, gets shelled in the first inning, but like you said, came back, and I think he retired 12 batters in a row. So. You know, you get a feel sometimes where a guy could be a bust. I, I just feel, more feel than logic, uh, that Jake Peavy is going to be okay, and he'll be that pitcher sooner than later for the White Sox. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, the guy still has good stuff. If he can start throwing strikes, uh, you know, some even pitchers go through, through slumps, Coach. You yeah. know, it isn't just hitters. It's pitchers mm-hmm. also. So, yeah. um, And hopefully it's only a, a slump for Jake Peavy and he mm-hmm. gets out of it for the Chicago White Sox. All right, now, the Cubs can't hit, or they can hit, but they can't hit when it counts. Uncle Lou yeah. had uh, his first breakdown with the media after the game. He's looking disheveled and frustrated already, and he's still got 140-some-odd games left. They lose 3-2, to two, can't hit in the clutch. Big dog, uh, tough, because they're getting great pitching. Ryan Dempster, again, very, very good yesterday. Yeah, see, you know, he's been well. I mean, he's pitched well, and he can't seem to catch a break. Nope. I don't understand, you know, what's up with this team. You know, Marlon Bird hustling out of the box. You know, turns a, a single into a double, and Mike Fondo comes up and can't get the runner over, and then and then they can't hit in the clutch. It, it's absolutely frustrating watching this team. You know, you get a runner at second with no outs, down one run. you got to figure out how to get that guy to third and get him in, especially if you're the home team because, you know, you're playing for the tie at that particular point. And it's not like, you know, if it happens one time, I can deal with it. You know, baseball is a difficult sport. You can't always get everything that you want. Yep. But, I mean, it's a tr- it's not even a trend. It's just basic, the history, and this is what happens. The Cubs continue to not be able to do uh, be situational. They can't hit. And, uh, like, when all you have to do is just run, move a run over, they've never sort, been able to do and it. And that's sort of like the Bears quarterback thing. That, that's been true over, like, four or five or six different regimes. Yes. Over yeah. the years, it's amazing. Hey, real quick, before we go, it's rare. You know, we do a segment sometimes called Sports Guys Talk Politics. It is rare when politics and sports combine, but apparently it is happening today. David, I don't know if you saw this story or not, but there's going to be a protest outside of Wrigley Field. The Cubs are hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
Arizona passing that very uh, controversial immigration law. And there's going to be a potentially via Facebook and some of those other websites, Big Dog, fairly large protest starting at about 1245 outside of Wrigley Field because they're playing the Diamondbacks. I don't know. We don't have a whole lot of time to comment on it, but I thought um could be kind of unique to be around Wrigley Field this afternoon. You know, it, it, this it's a really interesting uh, a debate because to be quite honest with you, Coach, I'm thoroughly and totally against uh, racial profiling yes. and stereotyping. And if you don't have a reason to pull somebody over, you should not pull somebody over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I'm saying this, uh, one of my best friends, Jorge Martinez, okay, was telling me, who's from Mexico? He owns land in Mexico. And he's like, well, what about the Mexicans that have to deal with all these people that are, are getting killed? And he started telling me all these facts. You know, America, uh, Chicago was the worst murder rate city in the country when they were getting like eight to 900 people uh, a year were dying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Arizona is now, it's passed up as a state. They're, get, they're getting like a thousand people are, are dying in, in Arizona every year. And, and 95% of them are with this uh, because of the Mexican drug cartels. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, somebody that is actually Mexican from Mexico is the one that is, is that of all my friends, he's the one that is most for this. Mm-hmm. Then would, I was thoroughly surprised. I thought he'd be the one that would be upset. And he's like, He's like, he's like, I'm afraid to go back to where I live because uh, of these drug cartels. Something's got to be done, Joel. And I was like, oh, okay. It's when you get a little different perspective from somebody when they're the ones that are facing the bullets. So. Uh, very interesting, if not surprising, perspective. Should have brought this up a little bit earlier. Unfortunately, we are flat out of time. We'll bring it up because I'm sure there'll be some stories on it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Big Dog, thank you so much. I know you're off tomorrow. Have a great weekend. And please, I don't want to read about you in the uh, obituaries and or the crime report. I'll try not to, Coach. Yeah. I am going to Wrigley Field tomorrow, so that that probably doubles my chances for both of them. I know you won't, but uh, attempt to behave yourself. <laughs> I won't. All right. Uh, David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll do it again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Don't be late. Two guys and a mic signing off.